What is up, guys? Welcome back. We got another episode of the Gray Area. It's your host Billy, host Drew. Drew, how you been, man? I'm good, man. Happy to be back. You know, we're a day late. I uh, got caught in a uh, fucking tornado back in Chicago, caused my flight to get a little bit delayed. Um, so we're, we're we're bringing you back a week late or a day late, not a week. Um, but nonetheless, happy to be back. Had a really good weekend. Uh, how you doing, Billy? doing pretty well myself um you know it's another day in the life of the pandemic every day kind of seems like march kind of seems like you know we've moved on and no one cares about the rona anymore i don't really know what i feel it just kind of depends on the day but but life's been pretty good um like you mentioned you were in Chicago, and for our listeners, Drew and I and a couple of friends, we, we, we went out and we went downtown, got a couple of drinks, some food, uh, just to celebrate while Drew was back. That was fun. Um, but honestly, other than that, there's been some misfortunes uh, in my life. And first off, I guess we'll start with the, the most recent thing that happened yesterday. Also, the reason that, you know, your flight got delayed is there was some incredible storms in Illinois. There was some, like, hurricane-ass storms in the middle of the cornfield. It didn't make any sense, bro. They, hey, Billy, isn't that called tornado? Yeah, bro, but that don't make sense when it's raining like that. It should be a hurricane. See, that that's, the thing is about tornadoes in, like, big cities, never hear about them. They had a small tornado touchdown on the north side yesterday. What the hell is going on, Drew? 2020, man. Fucking, it's everything that we thought 2012 was going to be. Literally. And, you know, it never stops. Uh, and we, what month is it? August? We are three-fourths of the way done. I'm excited to see all the volcanoes exploding and when the uh, asteroids hit Earth. So. <laughs> man, I'm not prepared. Like, I, I was telling my mom this the other day. I was like, you know, if if we were to come to some sort of a apocalypse right where everybody's for themselves martial law like some kind of shit where it really like you know money is useless resources are king um i'm 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 useless like <laughs> <laughs> i have no survivor skills whatsoever like i i can i can fight a motherfucker like i'll, I'll throw a couple of haymakers maybe knock a couple people out but i mean when it comes to really out here surviving like nah I, i'm i'm dead i might as well kill myself because I, I don't know how to start a fire i don't know how to fucking I barely know how to cook. I know, I know how to cook, but I don't know how to like. I don't know how to start, like, like I don't know how to start a fire. I don't know how to shoot a gun. I don't know how to fucking. Right, I don't know bro. how to do anything. To garden and shit too. I don't know how to. Yeah, I don't know how to plant a fucking uh, a garden. I, don't know how to do anything. I'll tell you right now that yeah, I'm a little underprepared myself. Being being where I'm at. Uh, shout out to my mom uh, for you know living the suburb dream of having. Uh, white woman garden so you know at least like the first two weeks I'm sitting smooth Drew I don't know about you but uh <laughs> but after that we are we're downhill yeah man it's it's, it's over with um yeah, I know you said I, you had a couple, couple misfortune uh crazy misfortunes happened to you Love yeah that. uh yeah so besides the storm this one um I so, so I guess I'll just start from the beginning a couple months back uh, a few buddies and I uh, bought tickets to see Joe Rogan do stand up, right? And we're going to go in. It, the show was scheduled for 
November 13th in Milwaukee. Uh, I was really excited because I knew, you know, the presidential election was 10 days before then. And I'm sure I was like, oh, that's going to be some funny jokes. Like you never know what's going to happen. Never. I love stand-up comedy, never seen it in person, big fan of Joe Brogan. So, you know, I was looking forward to it. And I, I happened to see him post on Instagram about rescheduling some of his shows for his tour. So I was like, oh, okay, let me just check up on, you know, my tickets, right? And I go into the Ticketmaster app and it says, concert date, August 7th. And at this point, I'm like looking at my phone and I'm like, well, today is August 7th. <laughs> and, I was, and I'm like, I'm like, did he just reschedule this shit earlier? I was about to like, just book to fucking Milwaukee, you know, like, all right, cancel the plans. I guess I'm seeing this. I look into it a little further. And uh, this, this uh, stand-up gig is rescheduled for August 7th, 2021 literally a year from now oh yeah i mean a little over a little over a year that's uh that's kind of yeah crazy all yeah all (laughs) have a busy schedule huh (laughs) yeah bro they put they pushed him back like none of the shit that was supposed to happen this year i think everyone just kind of like collectively took an l on this year i think what i do think though i think that stand-up comedy might be able to happen um socially distant like like whereas concerts almost impossible <laughs> oh once start, yeah once you start bobbing us some music you know even if you were spread apart you're easily gonna you know close it close that gap pretty quickly because you're just you know having fun getting lost in the music but yeah man that's over a year away which kind of sucks at that point i probably would have rather taken a refund but i think i think i can get a refund but i talked to the people i was going with and we're all just kind of like all right you know what, let's just have this as like a surprise thing to do next year. We'll be like, oh shit, August 7th rolls around, you know? <laughs> so I think we're rolling with that. But you're but you're 100% right that I think stand-up comedy would be easier. I, we've already seen Dave Chappelle do stand-up outside. Mm-hmm. But, but like, I don't know if you saw this. This was a couple weeks back. The Chainsmokers had a concert. Oh yeah, that was, that was brutal. It was a fail. Yeah, for those who are listening and don't know what we're talking about, the Chainsmokers had a concert in the Hamptons for a bunch of rich people, basically. And it was supposed to be like a drive-in movie, but, you know, drive-in concert. And it. side note, fun, funny thing is the opener for them was this guy named DJ Soul. DJ <laughs> Soul, DJ <laughs> Soul's real name is David Solomon, and he is the CEO of Goldman Sachs. So... <laughs> He's just this old ball white guy just cranking out house and tech, techno just off of Molly. It's very interesting. But it's, it's such a random combination to me, right? Like like CEO of one of the most prestigious financial institutions in the in the country or even on the world, part-time DJ, full-time douchebag. Dude, I like and I I read up on it too cuz I thought like did they did he just like know someone there? Dude, this guy has performed at like some pretty big clubs. I'm not gonna lie. Like he just got some gigs. I don't I mean I'm sure how old the, is this dude? He's he's gotta be in his like fifties or sixties. That's like, just a, such an odd thing. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, but the but anyways, the concert itself, uh it started off everyone in their car, but as you can imagine, when there's thousands of people who are all drunk and doing drugs and at a concert for you know some DJs that they enjoy who 
playing music that wants people to dance probably not gonna work out that well you know <laughs> everybody get out, everybody got out of the car right oh my, yeah, bro yeah it turned it into just Lollapalooza after that <laughs> of course it did so how have you uh been drew uh, i know i had some misfortunes what's your life looking like it was good, man. Um, like you mentioned earlier, I, I was visiting Chicago this past weekend. Um, yes, I traveled during a pandemic. It wasn't my first time, by the way. Um, for the most part, like we laid low. Like we, like you mentioned, we did go out, have a couple of drinks. Um, the place we went, fully social distance. We couldn't even sit with the rest of our party. They split us up, uh, six and six. Um, had to wear a mask anywhere other than your table. It was a good time. Um, really, really felt, for the first time, I felt like, I was actually having some fun, right? Like before I feel like I've barely done anything, same stuff here and there. Even though I went out to eat a couple of times back, back home, I just, you know, for the most part, I wasn't really doing much. So that was fun. Saw my parents, saw my niece. Uh, my mom told me that she took some edibles and <laughs> got, oh got so fried that she started crying. <laughs> <laughs> I had a panic attack. She was supposed to be fucking uh, making um, like, a couple of dishes for like someone's birthday party and, and she just <laughs> didn't do it and like that's so unlike my mom she's like i just i just couldn't do it like i literally couldn't function and i'm like oh my god that's completely hilarious and she only she had one one gummy i think it was i think it might have been 10 milligrams of thc so so funny obviously right like in the moment i'm sure she was really scared i wasn't there so i can just enjoy the laugh like the laughter afterwards yeah i didn't see her like freak out but absolutely hilarious um but then rewind last time i was home uh, i i went and i bought some some uh edibles like some gummies from the dispensary and i gave some to my stepdad and my stepdad he, he's been a weed smoker pretty much his whole life uh, but he used to smoke that reggie you know what i'm talking about that fucking dirt yeah <laughs> so bro. i gave i gave i gave him uh some 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 gummies and he was like he was loving it like instantly he was like, <laughs> fell in love um so I, I get back home to north carolina and then he goes he texted me like two days later. He's like, how do I get some gummies? <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I, I like called him and I told him how to do it or whatever. Um, so then I guess my mom, he like convinced my mom to have one with him like a couple months later, a month later. And that's when it happened. But absolutely hilarious. She'll never do that again, um, which probably she probably shouldn't. Um, but it's funny because I've, I've honestly never even, I've probably seen my mom drunk less than five times in my life. So seeing her high would have been even more hysterical um funny story dude I'll, t- I'll tell you right now uh i hope that she just like makes this like a somewhat regular thing because you'll have some funny stories dude like my mom started smoking weed and like, like it's the same thing i probably see my mom only drunk like five times ever too but like she never smoked weed really until i graduated college right and now she just says like the funniest shit like now it's like she's like it's now like i'm the parent and she's like my teenage like kid getting high you know she like one time i was like about to go to bed and my mom was just like hey oh my god i just had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but I used Eggo waffles instead of bread and it was to die for. And I, <laughs> and bro, I literally just looked oh her in the face. God. I was like, get your high ass out of my room, bro. Like, she was tweaking off the drugs. <laughs> she was so funny. That's hilarious, bro. Wow. She just had the munchies like a 13 year old kid. Literally. <laughs> oh my God. That's ridiculous. 
Um, yeah, man, it's it's crazy because right, 2020. Um, obviously, weed's been legal in some states a lot longer than now, but it's just funny because now the adults, right, they're realizing how stupid they were for being so anti-THC, and now they're all like, if you go to a dispensary, it's mostly old people in line, which is pretty cool to see. Um, what else? What else have I been up to, man? Uh, I bought a MacBook for the first time. I will say that I absolutely love it. <laughs> um, I was always a, a Windows computer guy. I had an iPhone. I do have an iPad. I still have an iPhone. Just never, never switched over to the Mac. Bought one. Um, I'm a cheap bastard, so I bought an old model. I bought a 2017 version, refurbished, for, uh, certified from Apple for like 850 bucks, uh, 900 bucks, something like that. Um, because I'm cheap and I didn't want to buy the 2020 model because that was like $1,500. <laughs> so I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Um, but nonetheless, great computer. Uh, learning some some video editing, some audio editing, picture, uh, Photoshop, stuff like that. So it's fun. Um, I was supposed to be actually going to New York this weekend. Me and my cousin, we were going to do like a, a, a food food tour. We had a list of around... 25 20, like 20 restaurants that we wanted to go to like from uh ranging from like historic pizza places to like you know a, a jewish jelly that's been around since like the 1800s we were gonna go um a famous steakhouse some dessert spots um most of it was gonna be takeout we were probably gonna do some outdoor seating i uh, really have no interest in dining indoors right we weren't gonna we weren't going to the party or anything like that we just really wanted to just go for the for the food new york's one of the you know, food capitals of the of the world um, unfortunately we did have to cancel that because Illinois was added to the mandatory quarantine for New York. Um, and it's not a recommendation. It's required. They set up checkpoints around the city. Um, we can get a $2,000 fine. And honestly, oh, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to pay no $2,000 fine. Uh, I can see New York any other time. So, uh, had to cancel that. Um, so I was a little bummed out, but I think this weekend I might take a trip up to the mountains in Asheville, North Carolina about three and a half hours away from me. Uh, I heard it's beautiful. It's got some waterfalls. So I might do that. Um, and then one last thing that happened to me in my life that I I'm, I feel like I must tell you guys about. Uh, I hope you all, you, you all have heard the song What's Poppin' by Jack Harlow. I'm sure you have. If you watch any tor- if you watch any sports, you're bound to hear it on like, you know, NBA uh, Brand new or ESPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what Billy said. So... I'm just like, oh man, this 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 white boy's got a one hit wonder. He he, you know, he's you know, song's pretty good. It's nothing special, but like it's it's just a turn up song. But I went down this rabbit hole on YouTube the other like last week, and I just started listening to a bunch of his music, and I was like, damn, this this little white boy's kind of got a little bit of sauce, man. And like he's dancing and shit. Like I'm like, this guy is he's no he's certainly no no logic. All right, <laughs> if, if if logic was like. Uh, yeah, logic is like on a scale to one to ten from a from like a smoothness like perspective is probably like a one, and Jack Harlow is probably like a nine and a half. Like he's a smooth, smooth ass dude. Um, he's got some really good songs, and 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 it's not about like the necessarily like the content, right? Like I said, I, I listen to all kinds of music, uh, music that um, you know has a message, has content, but I also like music that just makes me feel good, makes me turn up, makes me have a good time. And he's definitely on that feel good, turn up, let's have a good time way but he's also got bars that are like wow this, this this dude's pretty catchy and he's and he's uh he's pretty talented man um so check out Chad Harlow a couple of the songs that I, I, I've been listening to a lot lately uh Ghost uh Dark Knight um Warsaw 
rotten, um, walking park through the night, all pretty good songs that uh, definitely get you on your feet and have you, you know, moving around a little bit. So check out Jack Harlow. We'll see how long he's around. Um, but one thing that I thought was interesting when I was got down this YouTube rabbit hole about Jack Harlow, apparently DJ drama is like the one that he signed helped sign to Atlantic records. And I don't know if you guys know much about DJ drama, but he, he was an early 2000s, like uh, mixtape DJ and, but he's also like not an AR for uh, Atlantic records. And he's helped like bring up so many, so many famous artists, right? Like T.I., Lil Uzi, um, now Jack Harlow. There's like, I don't know, there's like three or four that high profile ones that I can't even think of on the top of my head. He works with like, a lot of the Chicago guys just on like, uh, like sponsored mixtapes. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. And, and he, he's, he's really probably one of the, the best at fighting talent before talent is actually like, mainstream um so shout out to him because he he does a good job of you know helping people out now i don't know what the the the, the contracts look like i don't know if he's fucking his people over i know i think him and uzi got into it over, over some some label um yeah i remember that nonsense however i i'm not here to argue about someone's contract that's that's up to them to figure out what they need to do what they need to um you know get their money right but nonetheless he's really good at finding talent so check out jack harlow fuck with his music I will say, um, as as the listeners will hear, a lot of <laughs> some of the stuff we are going to talk about has been breaking news today. Speaking of Jack Harlow, they just came out with the 2020 Double XL freshman list, and he's on there. Um, that's not that's not surprising. Yeah, there's there's. I mean, personally, I don't know how you feel about some of these people if you know them or not. But for me, in the last like maybe like two or three years, this is definitely the best list. There's Polo G, Jack Harlow. Rod Wave, Lil Keed, NLE Choppa, Cowboy, uh, Lil TJ, a couple other, couple other pretty good guys. I'd say if any of you guys don't know those people, check them out. Uh, I'd say I probably know about three-fourths of them, and I, en- I enjoy the ones I know. So I'll definitely check it out. This just made me remind me of one last thing that happened this weekend. Then we're going to switch gears, talk a little bit about some more serious topics. Um, but over the weekend, I was at my cousin's uh, – she had a graduation party. It was – uh, for high school and then her brother also graduated college so they had a little get together um for the family um and then towards the end of the night when the family was leaving her friends were coming and they were you know doing the, the thing called teen drinking um <laughs> but <laughs> um but like i some of the family st- was still there just to make sure things were going smooth and no one's getting in trouble no one's acting a fool but they're blasting music and it, it I want not it reminded me of back in the day we used to do the same shit but too they they were listening to fucking like gunna and like fucking juice world and like some other artists and i was just thinking to myself damn am i too old to be listening to these motherfuckers anymore (laughs) (laughs) am i not hip (laughs) i'm like do i need to change my do i need to change my my music like i can't be listening to the same music as these fucking gen zers man like (laughs) um no but i'm still gonna listen to it but i just thought it was hilarious (laughs) it was hilarious because it was like a a little bit of a a shock to me i don't know why it was a shock but but it was um but yeah, I guess we can move on. A lot of breaking news has happened in, in the, the time that we were planning the episode. Um, so some stuff that we had uh, to talk about. We're still going to talk about it, but we're going to talk about the outcome, which as before, we were going to talk about what we think was going to happen. <laughs> but now we have the word. So if you guys haven't heard, Drum Kamala, Kamala Harris is uh, Joe Biden's running mate for vice president. Um, yeah, I mean... She's the California senator. Uh, she's also 
a former prosecutor out of San Francisco, uh, came up in the early 2000s. Uh, she was also a candidate for the presidential uh, primary election for the Democratic Party. Um, she dropped out early after. She actually had a, pro a couple of pretty pretty decent debates, I would say. There was one famous uh, back and forth that she actually had with Joe Biden that went viral because um, she kind of went at him. So now going from right enemies to uh, partners and running mates, um, how do you feel about this uh, this election, Billy? Um, I mean, the election as a whole, I have never been so unenthusiastic to like pick either of them, you know, at this point. And I right. like, and it's, it's, it's to the point where, you know, odds are I'm just going to vote for Joe Biden, right? Like I can't deal with the craziness of Donald Trump like that, that alone will kind of make me go vote for Joe Biden, but it's just like, it's deflating in a way, you know, especially with, you know, some, some of her record in the past about, uh, you know, pushing hard against truancy laws and, you know, laughing at the idea of legalizing marijuana for nonviolent offenders and shit like that. I was on the fucking breakfast club and says that she's a smoke weed. Just, ish, I don't know. Um, yeah, man, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, now, how, how, while I don't necessarily like the pick i think it was a safe pick for joe and the campaign oh yeah um, definitely she's definitely more moderate when you're talking about the the democratic spectrum um however yes like you mentioned she has a, a shaky record especially on criminal justice reform she she branded herself as a progressive prosecutor coming up back in the early 2000s you know vowing to you know help black and brown people you know stop being disproportionately prosecuted within the criminal justice system. But then, right, when you look at the history, she's, you know, pushing for the death penalty for people who might have been innocent. First of all, pushing for the death penalty in general, if you're considering yourself a progressive, is just an oxymoron in itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's, she's, she's definitely got a, a shaky history when it comes to criminal justice uh, and her time as attorney general in California, as well as prosecutor out in San Francisco. Um, doesn't mean you can't change. However, right, I, I just, you know, I personally can't back someone like that. Now, I, I don't, I don't dislike her. I just think that she's, she's got a lot of, a lot of holes in her record. Also, she's not, she wasn't for Medicare, or all, Medicare for all. I'm not sure if she is now, but she's not uh, for Medicare for all. I don't think she supported the Green New Deal, things that I definitely lean towards just because I'm I consider myself progressive um but hey I, like I said I think it was a, a safe choice I think um Joe Biden's old man he's got mental like there's a lot of questions about his like mental uh capacity like how how long will he be able to operate you know or, or if he can even operate right now um so that, you know I'm not trying to wish death upon anybody but there's a potentially a chance right that he doesn't finish out his term, so they want to make sure that the person whoever's in the office um, is someone pretty popular. You know, can can be not super divisive, but also, um, yeah, like not super divisive. Whereas some of the the people that made the short list maybe would have been considered a little bit more risky because maybe they lean a little more to the left when it comes to um, the Democratic Party. If that makes sense. No, that that definitely makes sense, and. You can you can make an argument 
a couple different ways. Um, I think I think that there is an argument that a lot of young people are going to say about you know not wanting to vote uh, because you know this is you know base, basically the way it gets framed is you know Trump's Trump and Mike Pence is Mike Pence and they're the Republican conservative candidates. But then a lot of people are like Joe Biden's basically just a Democratic conservative and they feel that way about Kamala Harris. And I guess when you're on social media, it it does make you think a little bit that, wow, there's going to be millions of people like not going to go vote for them now. But I also know that me and you have discussed this and the numbers reflected is that young people don't vote anyways, you know, like, so it's, I don't think necessarily her as the pick is going to lose Joe that many people. I think the way you were discussing is that she is more moderate. She's not as divisive about, at least from party lines of what people feel comfortable in voting, especially, you know, these older people who are the ones who vote consistently. Yeah, she's definitely more safe option. Um, definitely someone who you can get more um, middle tier, moderate conservatives, or maybe some left leaning conservatives to, to, to switch over and vote for for Joe, which they may have been not as willing to do so if he, you know, elected to run with someone like Elizabeth Warren, who is outspokenly progressive, outspokenly supports Medicare for all, outspokenly supports a wealth tax, outspokenly um, supports the Green New Deal. So, right, that could have that could have easily alienated some of those people who may have been, um, I guess, open to to voting for the Democrats uh, in twenty twenty, just because right Trump is. <laughs> A deranged lunatic in the nicest of terms that I can come up with. Right, bro. This it's it's very funny. Um because any Democrat who's just a Democrat gets labeled as a far left Democrat. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. like Trump Trump had this one in the fucking in the drafts. I swear to God, bro. Like as soon as Joe Biden announced it, he posted this video like Kamala Harris is the most radical Democrat in the US Senate. Like that's insane. She's yeah, like, not even close to being not, Yeah, no. I wish <laughs> not, not <laughs> like, even close. Yeah, I so so I think I think that, that that kind of argument just gets worn out. I don't even think I think people like people, even if they don't vote or pay attention to politics, like they know who are the people who are like quote unquote radical are like they know like the Bernie Sanders and the AOCs from from Joe Biden. You know, yeah, like there's yeah. no, it's not like Trump well, saying that. I don't know. Trickle I mean, I feel like, I feel like, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think if you, I think you have to pay attention to know. I don't think you can be like a, a um, casual or like not really attentive to, to know that there's a, a broad spectrum. Yeah. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, most of like the people that don't pay attention think all the democrats are wild so. yeah yeah that's what i'm saying yeah that's what that's what i would lean towards i would lean towards that um but if you do right if you if you watched one debate or w- listen to a, like a uh listen to a roundup of a debate or like you know read, read one or two articles you could easily you could easily determine what the differences are between those kinds of people for sure um but i i think i don't know i think we are also we're definitely in the minority when it comes to our age group with like how, how involved and how like into politics we are for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Um, I did want to go ahead and mention 
who else made the the short list for VP for Joe Biden, just so you guys are aware. Uh, so obviously Kamala Harris was on the short list. She was a, she was his running mate, uh, but also Gretchen Whitmer, who is the governor of Michigan. She was probably more of a long shot, but she wasn't removed from the short list. Uh, I would say most likely because of her tie. She's um, governor of Michigan and Michigan and the, you know, the upper Midwest Trump actually, or Trump actually won those um, states in 2016, even though they're usually more left leaning, more blue states. So my, my thought behind that is, yeah, she, she could maybe help rile up some of those folks and get them to go for Joe. Um, but yeah, it was more so of a long shot. Uh, Karen Bass, she is a California Congresswoman. She's also chairwoman of the Black Caucus. Um, she actually was one of the probably more dark horse candidates who, you know, had a pretty good shot towards the end, but then some controversy came out that she spoke out at a Scientology conference. And then there was also something that she's, she had some comments that she made about Cuba uh, that were like pro-Cuba, um, which could alienate folks in Florida. If you all don't know, Cubans pretty much run that state, especially when it comes to politics. Um, and Cubans, Cuban Americans do tend to lean more uh, conservative than they do liberal. Um, and that could just even give them a, even more of a reason to, to right, go, uh, go red. So that didn't seem like a, a smart option once all that controversy happened. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, progressive senator from Massachusetts, outspokenly supports Medicare for all, Green New Deal, wealth tax. Very, very, very progressive woman. I think, I think she is the best option for um, my, my vision of America, I guess. Um, but right. Like when you're talking about where we're at, where we are right now, um, a lot of people see her as radical. So could definitely understand why he didn't go with that one. And then the last person who was on the short list, and I'm sorry if I'm leaving anyone off, but this is the folks that I um, was privy to Tammy Duckworth, Illinois uh, Senator, She's an Iraq war veteran. She also is a Purple Heart recipient. Um, she's disabled uh, in combat. And, you know, she's been close with the, with the Biden and the uh, campaign for, from the very start. They have a pretty good relationship. And she could have easily helped, you know, get those middle America people to get back behind Joe, right? War veteran, Purple Heart recipient. She's doing pretty good things for Illinois. Um, so these were the folks that were on the short list and Kamala won that race. Sadly, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I honestly, out of, out of that list, um, admittedly, I don't know too much about Gretchen Whitmer to, you know, make any sort of stance this way or that Karen Bass kind of the same. I, you know, I, I've mostly heard positive things about her, but obviously when picking the vice president of the United States got to do a little more uh, research on that. Elizabeth Warren, I would have been fine with Tammy Duckworth. I would have been fine with one person uh, I saw you miss was Susan Rice, who was oh, yeah. uh, Obama's former national security advisor. Yeah. A lot of Stacey Abrams as well. I didn't mention her. Oh yeah. I, for yep, I forgot about that. Uh, but I mean, now here we are, you know, um, we've got the convention coming up in a little bit. They're doing it virtually, if I'm correct on that. Uh, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess now it's 
we're in the final stretch, really. You know, like this is – I feel like this election has dragged down for so long between the primaries and, I th- like, the pandemic and all this. And now we're three months away, guys. Three months away, and here we are. Yeah, man. Um, it's been a long time, and we're getting close, and I just want it to be over. I just want to be January where we're um, no longer having Donald Trump in office. Uh, but we're going to switch gears for a minute. Um, we do have some sports to talk about, but before we talk about these sports, um, your boy, the, the fucking internet dork of the fucking conservative party. <laughs> WAP remix, Ben Shapiro version. <laughs> You all, I don't know if you guys have, have heard. Uh, I'm sure you probably have if you are in our age group. Um, I'm sure the adults have been. It's, it's probably been hard for them to avoid it as well. Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion released a new song called WAP. And if you don't know what WAP is, if you're not privy to what that acronym stands for, it stands for wet-ass P-word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean wet-ass pussy. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you don't know who Ben Shapiro is, Ben Shapiro is a conservative. Uh, what do you call him? Fucking. I, I, I'd say like political <laughs> pundit or political commentator. Political like. commentator, right? Yeah, like talking head pundit. Um, he has a podcast. He has his own. Uh, he has like a, a media company. Yeah, the Daily Wire. Um, he's he's gone on shows uh, like Joe Rogan. Um, I don't know he's been he's been on a ton of people's podcasts. He is a poster poster boy for the. Um, what I what what a lot of people refer to the neoconservative movement. Um, yeah, he's a fucking dork. I hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean he he's a popular dude. Like he has one of the most listened to podcasts on Apple on Spotify. Like he he has a a, a, a good a, a good amount of you know following, a good amount of support. But hey, it's still fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> but apparently he discovered this song by Nicki Minaj or not Nicki Minaj. Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion, WAP, and um, I'm actually just gonna play what he said. <laughs> do you have anything to say before that, or do you want to uh, want to wait? Yeah, but pause really quick. I do want to mention that. Uh, <laughs> I do want to mention that he also like for those who are listening, all go to his Twitter and just check it out. And he was. He basically was saying that his wife told him that having a wet ass p word is a uh, is a medical uh, condition and not something that happens when you turn a woman on. So she's either lying to him or she's lying to him. So that's that's all I wanted to have to say before we hear him uh, spit some bars <laughs> on this remix. Oh, here it goes. No, this is this is not. This is just the regular one. Here are some of the lyrics. You ready? Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. Hold up. I said certified freak seven days a week. Wet ass P word. Make that pullout game weak. Yeah, you effin' with some wet ass P word. P word is female genitalia. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass P word. Give me everything you got for this wet ass P word. Beat it up N word. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I want to ride. I do a kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This P word is wet, come take a dive. 
it continued uh, along these lines. Uh, and it gets significantly, significantly more vulgar. Like, I'll, <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward to the end, which is also pretty hilarious. I love that he physically can't it's say the word pussy. And if you, <laughs> yeah, absolutely hilarious. Hold on, hold on, let's go. Say anything differently, it's because you're a misogynist. You see, uh, it gets really, uh, really, really, oh, really. I'm gonna rewind it a little bit more. This, this is what feminists fought for. <laughs> this is what the feminist movement was all about. <laughs> It's not, uh, it, it's not really about, you know, women being treated as independent, full, rounded human beings. It's about wet ass P word. <laughs> and if you say anything differently, it's because you're a misogynist, you see. Uh, it gets really... Uh, oh my god, alright. What a fucking nerd, but... <laughs> let's, um... Yeah, let, let, let's talk about this. <laughs> so, bars. <laughs> no, Bo, that's... It's so funny because I, first off, I don't know why this always happens when like Republicans, act, like, like Republican dudes just act like we don't know that they just enjoy women, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to be like, this is disgusting. This is vulgar. Like, dude, Ben Shapiro is like 40 years old or like mid thirties. Like, you know you could say those words, right? Like you're not going to get grounded. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so weird. And, and it's also just a very funny point that was made is there's not only, uh, you know, conservative political uh, commentators and politicians, but like other just random like dudes, there was, there was some, some Senator uh, that I saw make a tweet about it. And he was basically complaining about how like this is the country of like no morals and like all that like degrading of women but then in parentheses he put like i just happened to stumble upon the song okay like <laughs> like okay yeah, all right yeah you saw an ass boy <laughs> um yeah man i mean first of all I don't know if he ever had a full understanding of what like the feminist movement's about. The feminist movement's about, yeah, women being treated equally, women being given the same opportunities, women being given the same um, autonomy and opportunities as men. Also, it's about them being able to do whatever the fuck they want and not worry about a man's opinion, right? Like they want to, if they feel empowered to fucking talk about their wet ass pussy and you have a problem with it, just don't fucking listen. Like, it's just that simple. Um, I'm not saying that, like, I'm, I don't know if I would necessarily want, like, if I had a daughter, I don't know, like a young daughter, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would want her listening to it. However, I don't think that I would be able to sh fucking shelter them from that. Um, it is, it is, it is a little vulgar, right? I'm not going to, I'm not, not going to say it's not, but we're acting like vulgar music was just invented by Nicki Minaj and fucking, or why do I keep saying Nicki Minaj? But like vulgar music You're was just, yeah, like it was just, invented by Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B. Like, no, vulgar music has been around long before rap, has been around long before Cardi B, long before Meg Thee Stallion. Um, there's vulgar music out there, and there's always, there always will be. And if you don't want, if you don't like it, don't fucking listen to it. It's just that simple. Um, but telling a woman what she can and can't say, um, again, right, not something, not, not a hill you want to die on, especially not in 2020. Um, shout out to those two women. Uh, I'm sure they do have some 
W-A-P. What a P. P word. P word. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, all I'm saying is if you got a problem with uh with WAP, uh I want you to go listen to Slob on My Knob. You know, that's that's if you don't like the girl version and for some reason it makes you feel some type of way, you got your own guy version, slob on my knob, let corn on the cob, you know. You don't have to you you could you could just not listen to a song. You don't have to like have coded language about how you hate women, Ben Shapiro. It's okay. But that's all I have on WAP. Yeah, man. Um go listen to the song, go stream it. It's out on uh, all the major platforms. So some more breaking news happened um, just hours before we were set to record. Um, before we were going to record today is Tuesday, Tuesday, right? Tuesday, August yes, 11th. Um, and coming into the day, UConn had announced that they were not having a football season. UMass announced they weren't having a football season. The MAC conference um, announced they were not having a football season. And then Sunday, August 9th, the commissioners from the Power Five conferences held an emergency meeting to come up with a plan or figure out what they're going to do about this upcoming fall season. Uh, power conferences, that includes the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. Um, and coming into today, they all had plans to play. However, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have just announced that they are canceling the upcoming fall season and they are going to try to play in spring of 2021. Huge news. A lot of people feel some kind of way about this. It's very, very controversial. Um, I know on this podcast in the past, I said I do not see how we have a college football season. Um, a lot of people told me that I was fucking high. Um, and again, I was right. Um, however, I guess the ACC and Big SEC. 12 and SEC, you know, they haven't made any plans yet, but I highly see them going. I highly doubt they'll be able to, you know, make something work. How do you feel about what's going on, Bill? Um, it's sad, you know, um, for a couple of reasons. One, I love football and college football is always exciting like even if you don't know any college football players in a game like college football games are usually you know pretty high scoring games you know the fans are really into it because they're just drunk college kids for the most part they got the band going you know the offenses are usually pretty explosive and it's always you always just find that match up on a uh, on a like you wake up on a Saturday and all of a sudden it's like Alabama versus like Shepherd High School, you know, and like they just kick the shit out of them. It's fun. Then you get the you get to a night matchup. There's always great games every week. They showed a they showed this infograph of like eight primetime Big Ten games that aren't gonna happen now. It was like Ohio State versus Michigan, Michigan versus Michigan State, Ohio State versus Penn State, Ohio State versus so and so. And it's sad, man. It's like wow, a like real big. Uh, Real big buzzkill. But, I mean, you kind of have to do this. It's not like the NFL where you – I mean, you're not – these are students. They're not They're not employees. You can't treat them like employees. And that's kind of where this gets held up, in my opinion. I don't know yeah, about you. 
Yeah, for me, right? Um, and I'm going to go into the the pro, the pro have a football season arguments in a second. Um, but for me, I just didn't see it possible because they are amateurs; they aren't paid. Um, and for the people who say, "But they're giving scholarships," shut the fuck up! All right, they bring in way more money than they than they're receiving back from that scholarship most of the time, especially basketball, football. Um, but yeah, man, I just don't see them being able to put people who are considered amateurs and they're not, um, and they're students first at risk, um, for football season. Also the options were if they, if the, if the campuses were going to have no students on campus entirely, and then you have the football team come back, then they're definitely not seen as student athletes at that point. They're seen as athletes. So that's one problem that you run into. Um, and then the other problem is that you run into it. If your school is having in-person classes and the football team is um, coming on campus, I don't see how you're going to be able to stop 18, 19, 21, 22-year-olds from going out, getting drunk, going out, having sex, getting COVID, going to the bars, going to the house parties, doing shit that fucking college kids do and college kids are supposed to do. Um, and then we would see little flare-ups turn into big flare-ups where, you know, I, we even saw when they were reporting the camp, like 20, like teams were having 20, 10, 15, five people test positive. And I, we were going to see that consistently um, across the country, right? You would see, you know, 10 guys, then it turns to 30. And then, you know, the staff, it, I just didn't see how the logistically, how they would make it happen without some sort of bubble. And you can't fucking put college athletes, amateur athletes in a bubble. So I just, I, I, I although they do have the, the access to the testing and things like that, I just don't think that they would have been able to, necessarily keep these players from putting each other at risk um if that makes sense they're going to be going to class with other kids who are partying you know what i mean it's just you know we already see that we don't care young people don't care as much as older people so for me i just didn't really see how it was possible um but yeah i mean there's a lot of coaches and players who have been voicing their opinion on you know we want to play hashtag we want to play them going viral on twitter and instagram um and what they've been you know a lot what we're hearing is you know, they've been saying that, hey, the players are actually much safer um, on campus or with, the, with their programs than they are at home because they have access to t- uh, rampant testing. You know, for the most part, they're trying to b- follow the social distancing rule. They have medical staff. They have, you know, food, accessible housing, all this stuff that's provided to them, you know, um, because they're, you know, student athlete, uh, the testing, obviously, because, you know, it's a billion dollar industry. And all, the only way they would have a fighting chance is if they have, rapid testing rapid access to testing um still i don't see how it will work but they're basically saying hey if you let these kids go back if they you can make them go back home to their communities um right a lot of these communities aren't social distancing a lot of these communities don't have access to rapid testing uh, maybe they're going home to environments that aren't conducive to a positive uh outcome things like that and hey they're safer here than they are uh anywhere else in the, in the country is basically some of these folks argument. And while I do understand, I just, for me, I just can't get past what do you do when you have, you know, Oklahoma has a flare up and then Michigan has a flare up and then Oklahoma state and then, you know, Ohio state. Like I just, it, we were going to see flare ups all the time. Like if the MLB couldn't do two weeks without any flare ups, there was no way in hell college football was going to go four months without a flip, like big flare ups, you know, big clusters. Like I just didn't, you know, I just didn't see it possible. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's my two cents on it. Yeah, no, I mean we're pretty much in agreement. There's, I know Jim was it? Yeah, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Michigan's coach, came out um, 
with a big statement, basically showing like, hey, we've tested X amount of people and there was seven total people that got tested, but there was none in the last like 400 tests, none in the last like 250 or whatever. And he went on and on to kind of give the, you know, the pro play argument about safety and stuff. And see, I think that he creates a good argument if you don't consider the college campus aspect of it, because if they were an NFL team, that would be, you know, totally fine. They would like, they could, those players as, you know, like you look at the NFL, they're playing, they're getting all these super high quarantine security areas to get tested and make sure everything's clean. Uh, But they're also not on a college campus going to class every day with strangers. They're probably just with their family or their teammates. So it's pretty isolated the people that they're encountering. If you're, if you've ever been on a college campus, bro, like fucking big, bro. You, you literally just walked to class and I guarantee you just went by a hundred, 200, 300 people just, just casually, you know, it takes a cough. It takes uh, someone, not even a cough at you, like, but you know, they cough on a handrail and you happen to touch the handrail and then touch your face and it's over with, you know, you get sick and then you bring it to the team and, and so forth. So, so yeah, I, I think they, they gave the best argument that they could to play, but in the end, I see the rest of the conferences uh, canceling unless the rich uh, Southern people figure out a way to get college football, keep going. Yeah. I think the SEC and the ACC might try to give it a go. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think they're stubborn, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, I know playing in spring, you'll probably see a ton of opt-outs, a ton of folks who were going into college or going into the NFL draft uh, projected pretty high. No, there's no reason for them to play in the spring and then go back around and play a 2021 fall season. It's just, that'd be, that'd be awful on their bodies. Um, but on the flip side, right, like there's no, if there's no 2019 season, there's no Joe Burrow, no Joe Burrow going number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals, no Joe Burrow, you know, coming out of pretty much nowhere and winning a national championship at a high trophy. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it sucks. It, it sucks for the athletes, and I want to make sure that I'm um, putting that out there. Like, I, I, I wish these athletes could play, um, and in a perfect world, I'd want them to play in a world where we could contain it, in a world that we could, you know, do it safely. Um, yeah, I mean, it sucks. It overall sucks. Um, but it is what it is, in, in, in the words of Donald Trump. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, well, we hey, we still got the NBA. NBA, man, they've been showing us uh, how to get it done, uh, obviously, with a lot less people, obviously, with their season almost being, what, 95% done, um, and then the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean um, – a little bit easier of a task, but however, they've been doing a phenomenal job. Um, and since these initial tests to come into the bubble back in early July or late June, was it? It was, or yeah, early July. Um, they had a couple of positive tests that first initial wave, but since then there has been zero positive tests in the bubble, which is awesome. I know people say, well, duh, they're in a bubble, but I mean, human error is human error. Um, you know, we're bound to, at some point have some, some shit happen. So it, it's pretty impressive that they have yet to have some shit happen. <laughs> so good, good, uh, good shit to the NBA. Yeah, no, honestly. And here's the thing. 
the shit that has happened since they've been in the bubble hasn't even been people like getting tested like positive for Corona. It's there's literally two things I could think of. I forgot his name. He plays for the Kings. He left the bubble to go pick up food because it was outside of his drop zone. And then he had to quarantine for 10 days. And then Lou will left the bubble and went to magic city with Jack Harlow, by the way, uh, <laughs> to go to get, uh, see some strippers and get some wings. So even the, even the two examples where people had to quarantine, they didn't even test positive. So yeah, yeah, and I, and I think Zion had to leave for some family reasons. Um, some other people had to leave for some family reasons. But right when they come, when they um, before they come back in, they have to test negative twice, and then they have to quarantine for another 10, 10 or ten to fourteen days. So they had some strict rules, uh, rightfully so. Right, it, it show you know it's paying off. They they haven't had any positive tests. The NBA has been dominating my household where i live we've been watching pretty much every game when i'm when i got when i'm working i'll have my monitor up and i'm fucking watching the games because they've been starting at one o'clock um and it's been pretty fucking exciting man we got a lot of cool stories i will say the first like week and a half two weeks was was great and like now there's like um well i guess i guess we're only two weeks in the first week was amazing but now they're doing a little bit more rest a lot of guys are you know saving saving some juice for the the playoffs um but nonetheless man we've seen uh we've seen tj warren go off devin booker go off dame lillard go off um right like there's a lot of exciting things going on in the nba Uh, Giannis is probably gonna win the mvp Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of really fucking cool shit yeah dude i'm i'm really excited like for those of you listening who haven't watched a game, uh, they're playing in an empty gym. But the uh, side note to that is they are doing virtual fans, basically, where you you could watch the game at home and stream it, and you have to wait to get in, basically. And I don't know how it's exactly picked. If they, I'm sure that there's some sort of hand-picking by players sometimes if they want to put people in there. But – you, you could get the chance to be in the game, quote unquote. And if you watch it on TV, then you'll see it looks like there's a bunch of fans. But then if you look closely, it's just people streaming like like a Skype meeting. And it's it's pretty funny. Some people some people are, you know, playing guitars in the background. They're wearing disguises. You've seen a couple famous people in there. Uh, Andrew Yang actually was in there just watching, uh, watching the Nets play, pretty funny enough. But uh, I like it. Uh, I like that they are allowing players to go to other like teams games when they're not playing and just yeah. talk shit. Basically that's pretty yeah, exciting. It's dope, man. They've been doing an awesome job. I think, um, I think that Adam Silver and the NBA has shown why they're leaps and bounds ahead of the curve when it comes to um, progressiveness as well as just like, listening to your players and putting your players first um they're allowing the players to to have the social justice um phrases on their jerseys they put black lives matter on the court and again right it's black lives matter for right now is i mean i still consider it flavor of the day we'll see you know six months year down the road who's still walking the walk and not just talking and talk but um for right now man I, i i i have no complaints i think they've been doing a pretty pretty damn good job um I don't know if you guys know who this man TJ Warren is, but uh, he needs some fucking uh, randomized drug tests immediately because this man has been going off. 
stepped in the bubble and turned into Michael fucking Jordan. Like, <laughs> Man's got bit by a spider and came back Peter Parker reincarnated, bro. Like, he's killing it. Like, first game back, dropped 53 points. Another game, 34, 32, 39. Now, he does have a 16 and 12-point game mixed in there, but, man, he – um Man, he's just come out of nowhere. I think he's. I think he's still leading the the, the bubble in scoring us so far. And you might ask, who is TJ Warren? Because I didn't know who he was either. Yeah, he's a place for the Pacers. He's 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 been a guy. I think he played on the Suns at first. And what he, was he traded for? Do you remember? Uh, fuck. What was he traded for? Cash considerations. Ooh, gross. <laughs> if you if you if you've been watching any kind of sports center lately, they've been they've been clouding the Suns. Uh, they they're like cash considerations. They traded the man for cash considerations. What the hell? Like probably like a hundred thousand dollars. There's a lot of money in in theory, but not in practice. When we're talking about the NBA. Um, pretty much a slap in the face, especially now that he's turning out to be one of the best players in, in the bubble. Right, I'm not gonna jump the but not gonna jump the gun and say he's one of the best players in the NBA yet, but he's showing that he has the tools and the capabilities to be. Um, and they got him for a fucking bargain. Right, dude. And the and the crazy thing about that is it all goes back to oh. the Suns be, being just like so it goes back to the Suns being like a terrible franchise, right? They're because we already mentioned Devin Booker, who if you don't know who Devin Booker is really, and, and you like basketball, you should fucking know because that man is a legit star. I think he's like 24, 25. Uh, he's one of the future faces of the NBA. This guy could really play. He's, he's they, younger than that. I think he's like 23. Shit, bro. If he's our age, what are we doing? Making a podcast talking about him. But, <laughs> but, but it's him, and then they have uh, DeAndre Ayton, who – he, I've watched a couple Suns games this year, and he seems to be developing into hope, what they hope is the star. So for them to trade T.J. Warren is hilarious. And, Drew, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Draymond was on – Draymond Green was on TNT uh, doing, like, the, the post-game press conference with Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and all them. And Draymond Green, just who plays for the Golden State Warriors, straight up just says, you know – Devin Booker, like you're a great player, but we got to get you out of Phoenix. It's bad for your career. It's bad for the money. It's bad for the NBA. And for those who don't know, that's considered tampering. You're not uh, allowed to technically try to like recruit other players, quote unquote, like recruit other players to your team during the season and while they're under contract and so forth. And and the other guys in the booth that were the NBA camera were like, Draymond, are you, are you, uh, are you tampering right now? <laughs> And, and and he and he just goes maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do they find him like fifty thousand dollars? Yeah, fifty thousand dollars, nothing, bro. That guy has three championships and two defensive player of the year. He's, he said that's worth it. I'm gonna get Devin Booker to cover the Warriors. Yeah, no, that's worth it. I'll take that. I'll take that any day. A hilarious rule. I don't know if I understand it too. Like I understand it, but I mean. I'm very pro tampering. I'm pro tampering because I'm sure that shit is happening behind the scenes, anyways. So I think the more we know, the cooler, I guess. Right. Um, I guess some other drama that's been happening. Dame Lillard, he against the Clippers the other night, he actually missed two go-ahead free throws against the Clippers in the late game, late late of the game, like ten seconds left. That would have put the Clippers up by two, uh, one or two points. Um. 
and Patrick Beverly, known troller, known defensive, uh, what do I call him? Like, he's like a pest. Like, he's going to fucking, he's that guy that's like on the court, like, and he's like in your face, like clapping his hands, like shuffling his feet, just like, <sighs> like, just like a, the most annoying basketball player of all time. But he's actually pretty goddamn good when it comes to, especially when it comes to defense. Uh, pest of the league. Uh, but he's he wasn't even playing, but he's taunting Dame after he missed those free throws, and he does the famous like goodbye wave that uh, Dame Lillard did to um, several people because he's hit a, so many game winning shots, especially in the playoffs, um, and, and it caused like a little bit of beef between him, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly, uh, and Dame went at Paul George and Pat Beverly on Instagram telling telling Paul George. Oh, uh, you're a bum. You 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 keep chasing. Um, you keep switching teams because you're not built like me. Like just like going off on him. Um, absolutely hilarious. And then Dan comes out next game, drops 51 points. Like what a fucking badass. Like I love that dude. Yeah, bro. Him like and they 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 took it off the court too to the Instagram comments. You know. Paul George talking shit to Damian Lillard saying like, you guys are going to get bounced from the playoffs. And Damian Lillard's like, you know, like you keep running from the grind. Like I've stayed with my team and had the same amount of success and you've been bouncing team to team trying to win championships and you ain't won shit on the record. uh, My personal view, Paul George, good player. I would say top 10, 15 for sure in the league right now. But it's also always, fuck Paul George, no one's scared of him in the playoffs. This man, for those who don't know, one time referred to himself as Playoff P. And he said this after never winning a championship, let alone even getting to the finals. And what happened? He got bounced by Joe Ingles. <laughs> Joe Ingles, is, for those who don't know, he plays for the Jazz. He's, he's not a bad player, but he's – Definitely worse than Paul George. Just this, you know, if you saw him on the street, you just think he's some average white guy. And he yeah. was cooking Paul George. Bro. Yeah, him and Alice Caruso, they're putting on for the white men out there. Um, fucking, they, they be hooping. Yeah, <laughs> put it, right. to, to, to put it lightly, they be hooping. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, Dame Lillard is definitely one of the most exciting players to watch in the NBA. He is must-see TV. Um, and uh, this brought me to my next point. Uh, who do you like for me? Like, I think the Portland Trailblazers are a dark horse to to make a deep playoff run and potentially, you know, upset you know the Lakers if they see the Lakers in the in the first round. Uh, if they get that eight seed, you know, if they beat if they were to beat the Lakers in that first round, man, I see them potentially going to the finals. Definitely the the definitely the the Western Conference Finals. Now, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not picking them to beat the Lakers, but I would not be surprised if they did, especially because the Lakers are down. Uh, they don't have um, Rajon Rondo right now, and they don't have uh, Avery Bradley, who opted out because his daughter has a, a respiratory – or his son or daughter has respiratory issues and he didn't want to, you know, be away from them and also put them at risk if he were to contract coronavirus. So they're down two of their best – they're down two of their best um, backcourt defenders. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think C.J. McCollum – Dame Willard and Gary Trent Jr., who a lot of people didn't know who this guy was before this, but he went to Duke, um, and he is shooting like sixty over sixty percent from three since the bubble has returned. Like absolutely insane. And when I say he's shooting over sixty percent, like it's on a good amount of attempts. It's like over forty attempts, and he's knocked down like twenty plus. Like like he's fucking balling hard right now. 
Yeah, for, the, for those listening, uh, 60%, you might be like, oh, I don't know if that's good or not. The average in the NBA is like 30%. Like, yeah. really good uh, three-point shooter shoot like 40. So, yeah. he shoots 60. He's shooting 60, right? Sample size is definitely a lot smaller than a full season. But, I mean, to shoot to shoot 60% from three in a span of six, seven games, whatever, is, is pretty damn impressive. Um, so, I'm, I'm picking Portland as my dark horse. Um, but as far as who I predict it, to be the finals matchup and who I predict to win. It's a little bit of a tough question. I think, I think the Bucs are going to come out of the East. Uh, I don't really see anybody challenging them, especially when the time matters. I think the Bucs are going to come out of the East. Maybe the Celtics might give them a, sh- a run for the money. Sixers, I would have said, but Ben Simmons is now injured and out for the season. Um, so I do think Giannis Antetokounmpo, who will be the two-time MVP, um, I think they're going to come out of the East. And on the West – you know, I don't know, man. Like I said, Portland could be that dark horse. Um, I think most people are either picking L- uh, the Lakers or the Clippers. Um, I'd probably lean towards the Lakers just because I think LeBron is on a mission and AD as well. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Clippers either. Yeah, no, and when looking at the West, I that's kind of where I go back and forth on uh, – I, I personally have the Lakers coming out of the West. Um, it's all about the matchups. Like, I know I the Lakers are really, really big. And I know, like, if they match up with, like, the Rockets, they're they're winning, you know, Jazz, who, whoever. You know, like, so for a lot of matchups, they're going to they're gonna be well matched up, for lack of better words. But the Clippers, I just don't know what to expect. Because obviously, I, in my head, I see Lakers-Clippers Western Conference Finals. But it's weird because a lot of the season, the Clippers were not, you know, their full team. Like Kawhi would sit a game, and then Kawhi would play, and then Paul George would sit a game. And then everyone, you know, you'd get a game where they were both playing. But, like, Lou Will wasn't playing or something, you know. So I don't, I don't really know what to expect from them, but I do think that Though both those teams have very high shots to get to the uh, Western Conference Finals. For for my dark horse, I actually have my dark horse coming out of the East. Um, now, I will give the, the pre-note for this is that I do think it most likely is going to be the Bucks. I think Giannis, at the age of only 24, is so unstoppable right now that I think that it, it's just kind of the Bucks' year to go. But but I, who I have in the Eastern Conference Finals to face the Bucks is the Miami Heat. And I, I'm actually a pretty – like, you know, when the Bulls, as they mostly do, let me down, I am a Miami Heat fan. It started with Dwayne Wade just because he's my favorite player. So I've kind of just, you know, like, okay, I'll pay attention to this team. Right now they've got Jimmy Butler, who I fucking love, former Bull, always will fuck with Jimmy Butler – uh, they have Bam Adebayo, who has the potential to win the Most Improved Player Award. Um, they have Duncan Robinson, who uh, in the season actually had the highest three-point shooting percentage for true shooting. They have uh, Tyler Hero, for those who don't know. No um, Limit Hero, baby. Yeah, No Rep Limit. Milwaukee. He's from, no, he's from Milwaukee. Yeah, bro. He's cold. He's they, They've got – who else? they got Kendrick Nunn, who – He's he's a Chicago. yeah he's out of Chicago I forgot what high school he went to Simeon Simeon he was he was teammates with Jabari Parker yeah and he uh 
and he is in the running for rookie of the year. Obviously it's going to be, you know, between John Morant and Zion, but he's in third place for that. Um, and they have a couple other guys on the bench that I enjoy. I do think like, I, I originally thought Eric Spolstra wasn't that great of a coach because he just had, you know, D Wade, LeBron and Chris Bosh to start his career, but he's been there long enough and proved himself to be a pretty good NBA coach. So I'm excited to see what happens with them. I think that they do have a legit shot to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, though I don't know if they are experienced enough or big enough to beat uh, the Bucks at the end of the day. No, I, I definitely don't hate that dark horse pick. I think they are. I think they do have what it takes to, to give the the, uh, the Bucks a, a run for their money. Um, one last person that I did want to mention, Luka Doncic is fucking going off. He's like 21 years old, had 39, like what, 19 assists and 16 rebounds, something crazy like that the other night. He's easily going to be probably one of the best players to ever touch a basketball. Like I, like, and whatever, I might be early, um, but I'm okay being early on this one because he is a dog, like a certified dog. Dude, he just, like, I would say – like with the exception of maybe like eight players, he's, you could, there's an argument, you know, he's definitely a top 10 player in the league at the age of 21, man. Like it's, it's crazy how much young talent there really is in the NBA right now. I oh mean, my God. I don't know if it's ever been this. I don't know if it's ever been this much. Bro. John Morant just turned 21 years old. And yeah. that man is dunking through the roof. Zion just turned 20. We already talked about Devin Booker. Giannis is 24. Lucas 21. I mean, I think Bradley Bill's only 26, 27. Um, right. James Harden's probably only 28. Like, he's still got a long, like, career ahead of him. Like, um, yeah, man, there's a lot of, like, a lot of good people out there. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I said if we're going to go a finals just prediction um, – I mean, this is more – I get, I, I'm sure this is more so me locking it in because I want this to happen. Uh, but, you know, I want, I want the Lakers to win. You know, I'd like to see LeBron uh, get his fourth ring. I'd like to see AD finally get a championship. A lot of the, the, the role players on the Lakers are pretty goofy players that I like. You know, Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, JaVale McGee. And so for them to get a ring would be – Pretty cool, obviously, but also just kind of funny because there's some there's some like big stars who don't have rings, and then you'll see like these goofy ass fucking players get a ring. But. Dion Waiters going from donkey of the day overdosing on THC to NBA champion. I forgot champion. about that. <laughs> Man's had to go to the hospital because he had too many edibles. I'm dead. <laughs> he was chilling with your mom, bro. How you think she got him? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Um, man, yeah, NBA man, excited to be excited that they're here and running a successful bubble. Um, happy, happy. That's all I can say. That wraps up the the topics that we have for you guys today. But Billy did have his fun history fact for you all again. We're trying to incorporate that in on every episode. Um, and he's got a pretty good one for you guys. All right, guys. So set the scene right away. Uh, for those who don't know, and I hope you all do, um, Russia used to not be Russia. It used to be, you know, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Eastern European countries were all together, and they formed what was called the USSR. It was back when you know Russia was the Soviet Union, um, 
at the time, you know, Cold War enemy of the United States. Uh, and they were up until, I want to say, what, like 91 or something like that, something early like that, that 89, something before they fell apart. But that that's not important. The, the important thing is before they broke up into their individual countries of like Ukraine, Lithuania, Russia, and so forth, they were the Soviet Union. And they still did business with, corporations around the world. One of those corporations that they used to do business with was Pepsi. Now, in in the early 90s, um, Pepsi obviously sells soda, they sell other things, but they were selling based the the like the soda fountain machines uh, that get put in restaurants and, you know, bars and whatever to uh, the Soviet leaders. And instead of getting cash, uh, Pepsi would not always get it. They would sometimes get like military investments, like military equipment to the point where in the early 90s, Pepsi owned 17 submarines, a cruiser boat, a huge frigate ship, and a destroyer. Uh, I mean, I'm not the expert describing those, but you could just look those up. Because they had a deal which would trade, you know, pop soda for military equipment instead of money. And I, I thought that was super, super weird. Since I found out that fact, I've been trying to, like, think of a logical explanation of what Pepsi's going to do with fucking 17 submarines. But I also don't know if they still have them. So maybe there's something we don't know about Pepsi. Yeah, man, Pepsi was out here fucking trading weapons and shit for fucking soda pop that's insane. Well, it's like it's, it's it's like uh it's like that coke boat that disappeared from uh jp morgan chase if you remember that a couple months back there was uh the report was like oh huge uh freight truck freight uh outside of i think it was like some harbor it was like owned by jp morgan chase found with like a hundred pounds of cocaine stashed aboard. And then that story disappeared. So maybe it was Pepsi. Shout out Pepsi, man. Um, they're in the big, they're in the, they're in, they were in the game deep in it. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for bringing that fact. We might have to give a, a, a fancy name to that segment. Can't really come up with one yet, but uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. Um, but thanks for, for listening in. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, looking forward to coming back to you guys next weekend with a lot more shit, I guess, <laughs> topics to discuss. Yeah, we we got some stuff. Don't y'all worry. We got a couple tricks up our sleeve. Uh, and then the following week after that, I think we will be coming back with an episode about the 2020 upcoming election. Mm-hmm. And we might be incorporating our first guest. So stay tuned. Details will be coming soon. Uh, thanks for su- the support. Don't forget to like, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about us, tell your mom about us, tell your cousin about us, tell your teachers about us, share the shit out of that shit. Yeah, man. It it means a lot to, you know, a retweet on uh, Twitter from our account when we post it, or if you're listening to the episode, just post it to your Instagram story, whatever, because, you know, any word that gets out there is positive for us. So we appreciate it. Sounds good. Appreciate the support, and we'll be back with you guys next weekend. Enjoy, enjoy the the rest of your week. Peace.